0: Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook Noctis Point, Chapter 20 Alex massaged his arm. The cast had come off earlier in the day, but it was still aching a vague reminder of Raz's attack. The week had passed uneventfully. In fact, Alex hadn't seen Raz since their encounter in the residential corridors. Probably doesn't want to mix with the riffraff if he can have private lessons, Kingley said as they sat in the cafeteria. The smell of rich meat stew filled the air, mixed with mashed potatoes and fresh vegetables. Some of it had the tang of yeasty food substitute, but most of it was produced on site, in the small hydroponics laboratory attached to the dome why would he? Because he's rich. His dad's rich. He's rich. His whole family's rich. Kingley shoved a mouthful of food in and chewed reflectively. I wish I was rich. I kind of hoped that who you were back home didn't matter up here, Alex said, sighing. Natasha shook her head. What's that thing mum says? Those who matter don't care, and those who care don't matter. Raz's parents probably had a genetic makeup. the full story, done on him as a child. And do you think he's any the happier for it? I'd tell him... It'd tell him when he's likely to die, and of what? They knew he was a psych from early on, so they gave him extra lessons and schooled him. Now he's here, he's not made any friends, only allies. And he's a psychopath. Who do you think's done better out of the deal, you or him? Alex stared at her. Him? I mean... That all sounds pretty cool, apart from the psychopath bit. Can't I be me and have all the other stuff? Nope, all or nothing. You're no fun, Alex said, grinning. Defence this afternoon, right? Yep, shielding, Natasha said, TKing the salt shaker across the table and into her hand. Hope you've been practising? Alex shook his head. Of course I haven't been practising, he muttered. They finished their meals and headed towards the teaching block, Kingly walking on ahead. Natasha slowed her pace. Hey, Alex, did anyone ever come to test you or ask you questions about your thing you did the other day? Not so loud, Alex hissed. Have you been able to do it again? No, I don't really want to. I got lucky last time. No one knew it was me. Raz didn't tell anyone and apparently neither did the faculty members that spoke with me. Maybe they're waiting to see what happens next." He shrugged. People got hurt, Natasha, because of me. At least no one was killed. Imagine if someone had been learning about, I don't know, how to fire fireballs, and they were using each other as targets. Suddenly a shield goes down and the fireball hits. He shivered. It'll be fine, Natasha said, putting an arm around his shoulder. You don't have to do it again if that's what you want. No one can make you. The intervening week had given them an ease. Alex realised. They were familiar with each other, a trio now rather than singles. For how long though? Alex knew it was only a matter of time before one of them graduated out of their grey overalls. A quick look around the room and Alex relaxed. Still no Raz. They joined William and Jessica on the floor, leaving a good space between each other. Captain Harris was sat at the front, cross-legged. Today I'll be teaching you some proper defensive techniques, he said. You may wonder why you're being taught these as part of your TK training. Something you need to realise about psyching is that the skills work with each other. Nothing is discreet. Instead, they all feed off skills you already know. Like molecular disassembly, William said. Captain Harris nodded. What's that? Alex asked. Harris gestured to the others, opening the question up to the floor. Jessica raised her hand. Really talented psychs can take things apart. Breaking the bonds that hold molecules together, she said. It leaves a pile of dust behind. The others looked at her curiously, and she shrugged. When I was young, there was a rock slide near my village. A psych, an old guy that lived near us, came to help. He said it was easier to get rid of the big rocks like that rather than lift them with psych. It'll be a long time, if ever, before some of you are able to perform a molecular disassembly, Harris said gravely. It requires an almost unique knowledge of how materials are constructed, the ability to hold an object securely, and to manipulate the tiniest fragments of matter. In that way, it represents a pure expression of telekinesis. Shielding, though, is a dirty topic. It borrows from lots of places. He looked at Alex. You're frightened. An attacker has a knife. What do you do? I... back off, Alex said. Move away. Get space. What about you, Kingly? I try to reason with him, Kingley said, but I'm aware of him, aware of my space. I'd probably back off too. Harris nodded. William? I'd try and fight, the thin boy said. Did some karate on Earth, a bit of knife defense. All of your responses were different, Harris said, and I suspect they're not what you would actually do. When threatened, the body defaults to its most basic setting. People run, or they fight. When you're attacked as a psych, you'll resort to your most simple shield. As such, there's not one single shield I can teach you. Rather, I will teach you the basics of shielding and allow you to choose for yourself one that applies to you." Alex raised his hand. So if I'm a skilled pyro, I might have a fire shield. Right, though fire shields are rare. It can be as dangerous to the wielder or their friends as to the enemy. Most people end up with a hard air shield. Watch. Captain Harris pulled out a beanbag from his pocket and threw it straight up in the air. As it came back down, it silently ricocheted off some unseen barrier about a metre above the man's head. It stopped dead, then slid off at an angle as if it had hit a domed surface. The shield is made by aligning molecules in the air around you and vibrating them in a very thin barrier. Harris let that sink in for a moment as he retrieved the beanbag. Natasha raised her hand. If this is the opposite of molecular disassembly... Isn't it just as hard? That's a common misconception, Natasha, Harris said. You already know how to sense things on a molecular level. You do it without thinking. That's what your SI is. You attuning yourself to the molecules immediately around you, and then through their bonds, the next layer out, and the next. We just don't describe it like that to begin with, because asking someone to picture every molecule in the room tends to be overwhelming. You can say that again, Alex heard Kingly mutter. He suppressed a grin. We're going to go outside and pair up. You're going to essentially shrink your SI to an area you are comfortable with and then harden the outer edge of it. Be careful to only harden the part of it you can see above the ground. If you do the whole sphere, you'll end up carving a crater out of the quad. Harris got up and the rest followed. As before, I'll provide assistance, show you how it's done, and you can play with it some. Why are we in pairs? Natasha said. Because you need to make sure your shields work. And it's tough to test your own, Harris said with a devilish smile. He went over to a large grey bag leaning against the wall and took out some grey bean bags. These are heavy and will hurt if they hit you. Not broken bone territory, he added as Alex frowned. Just bruises. Your shields need to be effective, so be careful but push your partner. Try not to aim for the head. The quad was busy. Another class was in session with a teacher Alex didn't recognise, running through a series of battle-readiness exercises. The occasional whine of a carbine round and grunt of pain floated across the grass. Alex's beanbag felt far too solid for comfort, and he tossed it into the air a few times as they walked to an empty space. ''It's going to hurt if this hits me,'' he muttered. Kingley nudged him. ''I'll aim for the legs, mate,'' he said. ''Don't want to break your arm or anything.'' ''Gee, thanks,'' Alex replied and they sat down on the grass. You go first, for sure. I want to see this. Kingly put his beanbag down in front of him and closed his eyes, going very still, and Alex looked at what was happening a different way, allowing his SI to overlay his eyes. He saw a hard bubble form around Kingly, hardening in places which spread out, connecting with each other to form a webwork. But Alex could see that the image wasn't secure, Patches of the bubble came and went, and Kingly was frowning as he tried to hold it in place. With a suddenness that surprised them both, the shield collapsed. Damn it, Kingly said, irritation playing across his face. Thought I had that. Captain Harris came over and knelt down on one knee, placing a hand on Kingly's shoulder. You've already done this in a small way, Kingly, with Miss Trigton. She's taught you to harden a small part of your SI and use it to manipulate an object. It's the same thing on a larger scale. Try again. Kingly nodded and closed his eyes, and Alex watched as the bubble again began to form. It was more secure this time, and Alex could see the connection flowing from the captain into Kingly. Then Harris withdrew just before the bubble came into being. Alex looked down at the ground beneath the limits of the shield, where a thin line of grass was pressed flat. He poked a finger towards it, finding an invisible surface that felt like glass. Careful, Harris said. It could take a finger off if he brought it down onto you. Try the beanbag. Delicately, Alex picked up the beanbag and limply threw it at the shield. It bounced off, nowhere near where Kingly was, and landed near Harris. That was a bit lame, Alex, he said, like this. With that, he picked up the beanbag and hurled it point-blank at Kingly's body. It bounced off again, much harder this time, and Harris snatched it out of the air with TK. Be fair to your partner. Alex nodded, chastened, and Kingly opened his eyes, letting the shield drop. Your turn, Harris said, and Alex closed his eyes, trying not to think how much the beanbag was going to hurt when it hit him. You've been listening to chapter 20 of my novel, Knocked His Point. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not check out stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find more episodes and blogging about writing.